0: Okay, let me go to uh, Facebook, Two Guys on Politics, so we are going live there. All right. I'm Ray Hanania. I'm Bill Lipinski. And this is Two Guys on Politics, Season 2, Episode 6, February 10, 2022. And we got some interesting topics this today during for today's uh, episode bill
1: i think we always have interesting topics right
0: yeah these are but they always get more shocking as we follow some of the news stories like uh, one of our topics is uh discussing chicago mayor Lori lightfoot's comment that carjackers are basically young people who are bored (laughs) and that it's like wow and, and maybe we'll we're going to dive into that and figure out what does she mean and what is it reflecting. What why is she saying it that way? And then also that you pointed out that and I've seen the news stories that the carjackers the the or I'm sorry the two teenagers who uh, were arrested, uh, one of them wearing a uh, ankle bracelet a monitoring police ankle bracelet, who were arrested for shooting another teenager. Um, And I I think the teenager was killed, wasn't he, in that shooting? Yes, that teenager was killed. So yeah, that is just the whole idea that that can even happen when you have somebody under observation, right? The whole idea of monitoring is monitoring, but apparently nobody takes that serious. And then the final thing, if we have enough time, we wanted to kind of talk a little bit about a different issue off track a little bit, uh, not so much politics or maybe politics, both of us had experiences smoking. Yes, absolutely. and uh, what impact it had, how we dealt with it, how we got off of it. Um, so I think those are uh, interesting topics. But let's start with uh, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot and carjackers are bored. What is what was she he, saying? Could you imagine? You know, the mayor of Chicago,
1: a uh, lawyer, an obviously very intelligent, successful woman making a statement such as that, uh, it, it's it boggles the mind, really. I, I, I just, I, I find it's so hard to believe.
0: Yeah, I, I can't imagine that. I mean, I, it was so shocking. I was numb from it because I'm going, that's indicative of the problem that we have, right? What is it, what do you think it tells you about Mayor Le- Lightfoot's approach when she says, we're dealing with kids who are bored, right? well she
1: obviously is not uh coming from a uh hard uh attitude towards crime at all it almost sounds like she has an attitude of uh uh excusing crime uh and saying you know it's not really the individual's fault it's society's fault they have nothing to do no place to go they're bored they got to do something
0: and she's also uh using what has become a convenient excuse for everything correct coronavirus something goes wrong it's covid price goes up it's covid we don't have something it's covid you can't go to work it's covid um you know the nightcore gas practically doubled it's because of coronavirus i i think we're gonna double our uh what we charge people to watch this uh podcast oh yeah we're not charging anything are we because of covid
1: It's free. Our price comes free. That's Uh, true. Sticking with that just for a moment, I was going to say
0: something. Good. uh, Yeah. So I'm uh, sorry, I lost it. Maybe it'll come back to me. Yeah. No. No. It will. It was. uh, She had said that. uh, I think in her story that you know in 2020 there were more than 1400 carjackings, and that was uh, and that in 2020 and it jumped to above 1800. In last year in 2021. And she said a lot of it has to do with juvenile offenders who are being arrested for these crimes. And part of the reason for the spike, in other words, I don't think she blamed every carjacker, in fairness to her. They're not all bored, obviously. fair to her, right? Yes, we do. At least to try to understand it, because you can't solve a problem unless you understand it correctly. But uh, she was saying that at least the jump, the spike, the increase, which was like uh, four hundred more in twenty twenty one, was the result of quote pure boredom, uh, you know, of kids who were supposed to be learning from home while in school, while schools were being shut down because of COVID nineteen, the pandemic.
1: Oh, I know what I wanted to say. The one good thing that has come out of it for her is managed to balance her budget, just like it managed to balance the budget for the state of Illinois. All the money that they, the state and the city got from the federal government, you know, that federal government that takes the money out of your pocket and out of my pocket and then gives it out to states and cities. Uh, yeah, they've they managed to balance their budget because of that money.
0: Yeah, I was going to say that they managed to balance the budget they did. But for you and me and probably 99% of the people who may be watching or listening to this podcast, the inflation rate, they said, was almost 8% in terms of cost. And I don't even think that's accurate. I, I've seen things go up 50%, the price of certain food items, services. Um, you know, I went to get my car washed, cost me $3 more. Now, it sounds like, okay. maybe I don't want to wash my car anymore. Is that what we've come to? But everything is going up far faster than, you know, the the difficulties that they're having by getting money from the federal government. I wonder how much of that price increase is coming because the federal government is taking money and giving it to people to deal with the problems with pricing and coronavirus.
1: Well, somebody... uh economists will tell you that's the chief problem with inflation is all the money that the federal government has been pumping out. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it It upsets me that a, a mayor of a city, a governor of a state would get up there and say, oh, you know, we're so wonderful. We've balanced the budget. And the reason is because of all the money they got because of the virus that's been going around.
0: Yeah, and, the, and you and I are not... Uh... Uh, uh, extremists when it comes to coronavirus. I mean, I I think we both kind of agree that, you know, as the coronavirus grows as a threat, we need to increase our guard and what we do to protect ourselves. And as it goes down, we should be able to alleviate what we do. So now that it's going down, I can see why we don't, we shouldn't require people to wear a mask. The mandate's I don't. I think are unnecessary and maybe too draconian. But there's no
1: consistency there, Ray, and because there's no consistency, you know, it gets to be very confusing for people. Now I intend to continue to wear my mask. What you want to do, or what the next person wants to do, that's their business. Uh, but I'm going to continue to wear my mask. And I wish we could get some consistent policy between the federal government, the state government, the city government, the board of education, uh, you know, the Catholic schools. Uh, they've been going to school most of the time uh, since the virus attacked us almost two years ago now. Uh, And they've decided that they don't have to wear masks in Catholic schools any longer. Uh, The public schools still want to wear masks. Some of them. I I don't think, yes, I don't think it helps the situation at all by things being as confusing as they are for people.
0: Well, I mean, that's maybe the point that Lori Lightfoot is trying to exploit, right? It's the poor kids are confused. That's why they're, they're already been arrested for stuff. And now they're going out to carjack people. The coronavirus policies. You know, the interesting thing is nobody takes responsibility for what these kids do. They always no, want to blame it on somebody else. Why doesn't Mayor Lori Lightfoot just say that these are kids who have done bad and need better parenting and need um, stronger, tougher guidance to take them off the road of crime. Yep.
1: Absolutely. They, they need, you know, a father, they need a mother who are interested in them. Uh, and they, unfortunately, we just don't have that in so many of the communities across not only Chicago, but the state, the country. That's one of the biggest problems we have, the lack of parental responsibility, because oftentimes there's only one parent.
0: Well, I have always been a believer in, you know, when we process, you know, uh, when kids commit crimes, that we should look at the responsibility of the parents, especially kids that are repeatedly involved in things. I mean, you know, the the tragedy is we hear about uh, these kids, uh, these two kids that uh, uh, shot and killed this other teenager, um, that they've had a history of problems. Now, only one of those history problems has been uh, actually made it to the point of where they were punished by the court and he was wearing an ankle bracelet. But there's no doubt in my mind that there are probably 20 other incidents that probably led up to this where they were kind of uh, slapped on the hand, where they weren't uh, you know, punished properly. The crime tendency wasn't nipped in the bud. They allowed it to grow. Nothing was done now they've gone and they've killed another kid and this is in one community these are african american kids aren't they absolutely and if i were african american living in that community i would be the one screaming not about why are the police doing this i would be screaming why aren't the parents of these kids being held responsible because my family is in jeopardy because of what those parents are not doing to take care of their children
1: I I concur with you 100%. Uh, You know, I thought things were bad when Lightfoot made her statement about kids being bored and hijacking cars, but to have a electronic monitoring bracelet on and go out and shoot and kill somebody, I mean, that that tops everything as far as I'm concerned. You mean to tell me that, you know, someone in the court system, in the police system, uh, in the state's attorney's office couldn't tell that this individual had the potential of murdering someone and they left them out on the street? It's hard for me to understand that.
0: There there was a Seinfeld episode where, uh, this kind of relates to this, where Jerry Seinfeld goes to pick up his uh, uh, rental car. And when he goes there, he goes, I reserved a car. And they said, oh, we're sorry we gave your car away. And he goes, I don't think you understand the point of the word reserved. You should be holding it. That's what reserve means. It's kind of like ankle monitoring. They're supposed to be monitored, but apparently nobody was monitoring anybody, right? How else would they get away with this? Very true. Well, you talk about
1: Seinfeld. It's like another Seinfeld episode (laughs) where Jerry has his television stolen, okay? Right. (laughs) He has the police detective there, and the police detective is asking him all these questions, and... Jerry's coming up with all these answers and finally the police detective st- is finished and he's gonna leave. And Jerry says, uh, uh, you know, uh, what chance do I have of getting my television back? And the detective says, not much. We never catch these
0: people. <laughs> you know, that's, uh, that, the answers are right in front of us, right? On every TV show we God, see are. these things. Uh, Lightfoot, I think, is trying to find it. I think Lightfoot's problem is uh, it goes back to a deeper problem that we're that obviously society isn't addressing or the media isn't addressing. You know, they love her. I think the media really likes her, uh, not because she's good, but they like her because they don't like the others. Yes. You know, it's it's not a real love for her; it's a hate for the others. So they're going to defend her as well. She represents us the far left far better than some uh, person who might have an excuse. But the real problem is I don't think that uh, Lori Lightfoot, Mayor Lightfoot has a solution or an idea of how to resolve or tackle the gang crimes, the carjackings, um, the increases in the shootings, the fact that the uh, judicial system is uh, uh, allowing people out because it's too crowded. Or, oh, they're young. Or, you know, this idea that uh, I saw something somewhere where a carjacker attacked a man and uh, the man shot the carjacker and killed the carjacker. And now the family of the carjacker, the criminal who was killed, is suing the car owner who shot and killed their son, saying that he didn't deserve to be shot and killed. I think they that they, you know, when you look back at it, you say, yeah, well, Technically a carjacker shouldn't be shot, but in the context of the threat that could have happened to the car you know owner, um, I think he was well within his rights to shoot the person. And if that person died, I don't believe it's the car owner's fault. It's the criminal's Criminal. fault. Absolutely. Uh, so often here
1: lately it seems like we've made the person that's been attacked uh, become the, the attacker. And the person that did the attack and becomes the uh, victim, uh, you know, Lauren Lightfoot, uh, when she announced that she was going to run for mayor of Chicago, I said to a number of people who I know in politics, uh, that I thought she would be a very good candidate and I thought that with her background in, uh, the police department in law in the federal courts, uh, that she was obviously a smart person. I thought she'd be a very good mayor, but she's been a very, very big disappointment to me because as you said, I don't think she knows how to really deal with the issue of crime. And I don't think she realizes how important uh, the issue of
0: crime is to people who live in the city of Chicago. Well, I know there's this new word that everybody is conflating. They said, don't conflate left with and conflate it with the right don't conflate this, don't conflate that. I think what she is doing is conflating. Her base, um, her constituency, I think are people that tend to want to sympathize with people that have done wrong. This idea of boredom isn't a message for you and me. It's a message to her followers to say, yes, I understand the reason people are committing crimes is they don't have money. They don't have jobs. It's not the fact that they create a commit a crime that's the priority to her that should be the priority you know at whatever the reason is for the crime yeah well let's address that but the priority should be on the crime and she's not focusing on the crime she's focusing on the causes of the crime because i think her constituency and her voter base wants that and i think that's wrong oh i think
1: she's misreading her constituency though uh, i think that i mean they are the- in most cases, they're the victims of the crime that's going on in the city of Chicago. Uh, And I think that she's definitely misreading it. I'd like to ask you a question, Ray. Uh, Do you sleep with a gun?
0: Do I? Is that a question? No, no, I don't. I I only slept one time with a gun when I uh, met a uh, mobster after I wrote a column in the South Town about the disappearance of Diane Masters and the mobster had my hand disappeared in his huge hand and he said you made me look bad and my wife was angry i went home i couldn't eat i did sleep with a gun but that was the only time
1: <laughs> well i bring that up because we have another situation where the police have shot someone yes. Out the police uh you know people are demonstrated against the police uh here's an indiv- now you know once again someone messed up with the no knock warrant right they picked out the wrong house uh, to go into or the wrong apartment to go into. But that wasn't the police department's fault. That's right. the prosecutor's fault.
0: And uh, the, the the person police... sleeping had a gun, right? When they walked right. in there, they woke and, them up. And, yeah. And But instead of, I don't know, I, the, the questions that I have would, and it's hard when you're sleeping and you wake up, um, if they look like police, I would not shoot them.
1: Well, why are you sleeping with a gun in the first? Well,
0: that's the other <laughs> question. I would not be did sleeping with a gun. Yes. Well, and well, I've maybe he, a you did it once. Maybe he was sleeping with a gun because he feels Lori Lightfoot has done a terrible job of protecting him, that he needs to be the person protecting himself. So we mayor. should blame Lori and prosecute her instead of the police, but well, that's exactly it, right? Isn't no, the family that, of the- It didn't happen in Chicago? Chicago. It happened
1: in Minneapolis. You remember there was another problem with the police I in Minneapolis, not I too think long there,
0: ago. I think this attitude is interconnected nationally in cities across the country. The mayor that's of Minneapolis or the and mayor right. of Chicago, yes. yeah. Th- this is a consistency that uh, you could take any city and strip away the name and see the same pattern happening in, in some cities around the country. But yeah, this idea that, um, you know, it, it, it is a mistake, it's a tragic mistake. Uh, the family should be compensated. I don't think you treat the police officer like a criminal, like he intentionally went in there to kill somebody, you know, who was innocent. He went in there believing that there was a dangerous situation and it may have been a mistake. And there are mistakes that happen, but I don't think that we're going to we should destroy our system of police protection because we're worried about one mistake happening, and now allow ten other criminals to get away with what they're doing.
1: Nope, that's you know, I think that's the last word on this subject, Ray. I think I, come-
0: I think so too. But I, it's getting boring, right? Did I bore you? Are we bored with this topic? Because yeah. that may be oh, the oh, reason. get
1: bored. You know what happens if you get bored?
0: (laughs) I might commit a crime and they may, you know, who knows what will happen. Fortunately, I'm not in Chicago. So boredom in the suburbs is completely different. Although what happens in Chicago spills over to us. So uh, the other topic we were going to talk about, maybe you can help update us. What's happening with the crisis on the border of the Ukraine?
1: Well, what's happening is that there are more and more cracks showing up. In the western alliance uh you know in nato uh usa uh we already know that the germans are a weak link because they like getting their gas and their oil out of russia they don't want to jeopardize that the french they want to be world leaders once again they haven't been a world leader in a couple of hundred years but they're trying to assert themselves now by going and sitting down with Putin at that long, long, long table and trying to come up with a solution to the problem. And now I just understand that the Japanese, you know, are a great ally in the Pacific, the people who've been defending for, you know, ever since the end of the Second World War, they don't want to get, you know, too aggressive against the Russians because of the fact that they get their energy. Gas and oil out of Russia to a great extent, also. So it looks to be like economic concerns on the part of the West, the defenders of democracy, are getting in the way of trying to protect Ukraine from the Russians. I don't know what's going to happen there, but it seems to me that we're not putting up a very united front. And you know, sometimes now we we shouldn't do this, but sometimes it goes through my mind that we ought to say, "Okay, Europeans." okay, Asians, take care of yourself. We're retreating to America. We'll make it Fortress America like it was back in the late 1930s. And you, when you get in trouble this time and you call, I don't know if we're going to come and save you.
0: Yeah, I, I think, though, that that would be a good idea, except for the fact that America is engaged in a polarization civil war. We oh have God, a rhetorical, yes. political, civil war going on in this country where the left is, I think, persecuting the right. I don't agree with everything the right says, but there is a hypocrisy factor that bothers me about how the left is doing this. It doesn't seem that it's reasonable. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, that would be the great. Hey, say people. You want to go it on your own, go it on your own. We don't have to help. We'll just take care of ourselves. Problem is we can't take care of ourselves. We look weak. And someone like the Russians, I think they're looking at this saying, how weak is the United States? They can't control their allies. They can't control their own country's national debate. They look like we're the ones coming apart at the seams. Now's the perfect time to do whatever we want. Invade the Ukraine. Next thing you know, they're going to be invading Poland.
1: Well, I think that's where we will finally draw the line. I think that's actually where we will send American troops to defend Poland, uh, which I agree with. But th- the Poles, by the same token, know that. So they're very strong, very defiant of the right. Russians. They're not helping the situation. They're almost agitating the Russians to go ahead and do something because they want to strike a blow against the Russians as long as we're right there alongside of them. That's but interesting. These are- These are things that should have been all thought of by the Biden administration before we jumped into defending the Ukraine. I mean, frankly, the Ukraine isn't very democratic. It's a rather corrupt uh, country. That's the the irony. The eastern portion of the country is, frankly, heavily Russian. Most of the people in the eastern part speak Russian. There should have been some diplomatic solution we could have worked out with Putin and the Russians before we jumped in here so strongly to defend you know, the Ukraine. And I'm just afraid we're liable to look rather weak in emboldening the Chinese on Taiwan.
0: Well, if we step back and look at the system we used to have, where issues could be discussed, debated, covered fairly by the news media, reported fairly by the news media, instead of uh, provoking people into personal attacks and yelling and screaming at each other, it would be a serious discussion that the media, and believe me, I'm a big critic of the media now, um, that we are fanning the flames of this conflict because the media is, which was on a downhill trajectory for many, many years, is now profiting from the conflict. They are selling more ads. Uh, The left is empowering the media more and ensuring that they have the money they need. Um, So we've created an environment that isn't working properly, where we actually think through the way you point out, we should have thought this out and had it already played out in our minds, because that's what good politicians have done, good government leaders. But instead, it's like we're just shooting from the hip.
1: It certainly does. Yes, people blame Trump for shooting from the hip. I'm afraid this administration is not exactly the same thing as when it comes to this situation with the Ukraine.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I am worried about it because um, I I think that we end up getting in a war by not being tough enough. That being tougher actually prevents the war.
1: Oh, I agree with that. Peace through strength. You know who said that?
0: Reagan? Uh, Wilson Reagan, yes. And, and by the way, I wanted, someone asked me this. They said, well, are you a Reagan Democrat or a Reagan Republican? I said, well, in a way, I said, you know, my family was Republican in Chicago, but we uh, voted, but we became Democrats because the Chicago area became overwhelmingly Democrats. But we loved Reagan and supported Reagan. So they called us Reagan Democrats. But technically, I guess you could call us Reagan Republicans, too, meaning we're right in the center there. I'd call you an American myself. Well, I mean, listen, I think people that fairly look at the issues and don't look for, you know, excuses. um, You know, I mean, maybe Biden is bored. You know, it could be Biden is bored. Boredom is a big problem. Coronavirus boredom, I think, is the excuse that they're going to use. Right. I'm not going down that road. right? (laughs) Okay. Um,
1: I want to say before we leave this topic, I want to say. You made the point of us being so divided here. That is absolutely true. I don't know how much of an effort we would be able to make if we got ourselves embroiled in a full out war with Russia or China or anybody else in this world for that matter, because of the lack of people being united in this country. It's worse than it has ever been. And if we don't do something about that pretty soon, we're going to wind up, you know, really having almost a civil war in this country.
0: Yeah, that, that is a little frightening because uh, um, I I think it could be avoidable if we were doing if we if both sides really cared about the country the way they claim they care about the country, we wouldn't be in that. They would sacrifice, they'd compromise, they'd reach consensus. But that's not what they want to do. I think they're enjoying the clubs that they have in their hands beating each other up because it makes them look good in their own eyes to their own constituencies. They're just playing to their own, their own choir, I guess they call it. Yeah,
1: And the news media loves it.
0: Yes, they do. And they're profiting from it. So our, our, our final topic, I think we were going to try something a little bit light. I mean, uh, smoking, right? Uh, Absolutely. How did you start smoking? I, I was a smoker too when I was younger. But how did you start smoking? Well, I
1: started when I was 16 years of age because all the cool guys smoked. Uh, you go to a movie, uh, the cool, good guys smoked. Of course, the bad guys smoked also. In fact, everybody smoked. The women the smoked. Too. My parents smoked. You know, My father smoked. My mother smoked. Uh, my uncle smoked. My aunt smoked. Smoked. Everybody smoked. It was the thing to do. Yeah, uh, It was in my time, it was slightly before they started coming out with the warnings in regards to smoking. Uh, I smoked up until 16, 17 years ago. Uh, the reason I finally quit smoking was uh, my wife, Rose Marie, wanted to go to this Heart Check America where they could check you out, see how you were doing as far as your heart goes. Uh, I tagged along with her because she wanted me to drive her over there. She went through the test, she was perfect, she was in great shape. I took the test and as soon as I finished the test, uh, the technician said to me, sir, you should see a cardiologist as soon as possible. Wow. Uh, That was on a Friday, on a Monday morning, I got in to see a cardiologist. The following Friday, I had five stints put in. My heart was in great shape with the arteries leading to my heart we're not in very good shape at all. But I had tried to stop smoking on numerous occasions before and I was not successful. I'd do it for two weeks, three weeks. One time I went about five months actually. But when I got the word cardiologist, I've never had a cigarette since because I put into my mind, if I ever have another cigarette, I'm going to die on the spot. And it's worked. I haven't had a cigarette in 17 years, even though I would still like to have one, to be perfectly frank with you.
0: Wow. I, I started smoking uh, when I was actually 13 years old. I had gotten a job. My father had uh, was very sick. Now, he was born in 1901 in the Middle East, in the Holy Land, in Palestine. And he would watch TV, and he would see these uh, American actors. Humphrey Bogart was one of the oh, most absolutely. popular ones, always smoking a cigarette. And they couldn't get the clothes to look like Humphrey Bogart because they were poor, but they could get the cigarette really easy in the Middle East. And uh, you'd see the men smoking. You'd see the women smoking. And I don't know, I'm sure you remember. I remember being on Pan, Am uh, Pan Am Airlines uh, as a child flying to visit relatives uh, in the Middle East with my mother, and everybody on the plane was smoking they would have little ashtrays in the, in the uh, armrest yes. and you could smoke there. And they'd bring you the cigarettes and encourage you to smoke. So when my dad was getting sick, we had a friend that owned one of the Burger Kings on the Southeast side of Chicago. It was uh, at 87th and Luella. I lived at 89th and Luella on the Southeast side. And uh, he got me a job there at 14, illegally. I was supposed to be 16. So I started like on my 14th birthday, I worked there illegally getting paid 95 cents an hour back then, which was a lot of money back then.
1: And That's everybody
0: true. who worked there while they were serving the food were smoking. They were smoking while they were putting the, the hamburger patties on the burner that, that uh, grilled the patties to smoking while they were mixed uh, wrapping the hamburgers and the customers were smoking the whole entire burger King patio where we ate was like one big smoking it, chimney. it was accepted by everyone it, uh, it, it was certainly accepted no
1: one had any kind of problem with people smoking whatsoever uh, my mother family? go
0: ahead no i was going to say my mother i remember one christmas bought my father a gold plated uh it was a combination uh, ashtray A box that you lift up where you put the cigarettes and a lighter next to it. So it was this three-piece thing. It was gold plated. And that was the Christmas gift that she got him for Christmas. And he was so excited. And I remember he used to smoke camel filterless cigarettes a pack a day. Now he lived to be uh 69. My my father passed away when I turned out I was about 16 at the beginning of my 16th birthday. He was older. Um, He passed away from emphysema. Um, And then I could see how terrible it was, but I still smoked until I went into the military. And when I went into the Air Force during the Vietnam War, um, they uh, forced you to stop smoking in basic training. So I think it was like six to eight weeks. So I stopped smoking. When I finished, I never picked it up again. So I was lucky that I, I didn't continue smoking.
1: I was it. now what year were you, did you go in the Army?
0: I went in in 1970, uh, the beginning of 1973 into the Air Force.
1: Okay, well, you go, you know, you go back to what I went in, which was 1961. Uh, anytime you had a break uh, in uh, training, the drill sergeant would say, light them up if you got them. Right, exactly. Break. Yes.
0: Well, after basic training, they would do that when we were at Shepard Air Force Base in, uh, uh, in Texas. And after you would go through the training and stuff, they would say, light them up, take five wow. minutes, go ahead, light them up. And they often would give us the cigarettes for free. You didn't have to pay for well, it. Absolutely. But I, I just stayed away from it. I, you know, uh, um, I always felt lucky that uh, I never continued with it, you know, from 23 on. Uh, Now it's, what, uh, 40 years, I guess, uh, 45 years I haven't smoked. And, uh, you know, hopefully that'll benefit me.
1: Well, I think it has benefited you. I'm sure it's benefited me not smoking for the last 16, 17 years. But a point I wanted to make is that it is absolutely incredible to remember how it was back there in the 40s and the 50s and the 30s, 20s. I don't remember those, but the 40s, 50s, I remember 60s into what it is today today you know if people light up a cigarette someplace everybody around them looks at him like he's the devil incarnate
0: yes and Uh, because and people are much more sensitive now to it because the the areas where they work and hang out are not filled with smoke so if my wife meets somebody that has smoked even one cigarette she'll look at me and say oh they're a smoker you, she could just smell it on them, and uh, now it's easy to smell. Back then, it, it didn't even matter. Nobody the, You couldn't tell anything.
1: Some of the movies in the 1940s, there were so many people smoking, and there was so much smoke. You had a hard
0: time seeing the actors on the stage. <laughs> uh, that's funny. So, well, listen, uh, the one thing I will do is occasionally I will smoke a cigar if I'm on vacation on a beach or I'm out on a patio at the lake house. You, I'm just sitting there. Have. What?
1: You inhale the cigar.
0: I would, I would smoke a cigar. I, yeah. Yep. I'll smoke a cigar and uh, I'll try to enjoy that. That that's a lot of fun. I enjoy that. Now I don't smoke a lot. A Couple, lot of people do that. Yeah, mm. I, I think so. And, but there's this misconception that you smoke the cigar, you're not inhaling it all the way. So it's safe. It's really not safe. If no. you're a heavy cigar smoker, I do remember some politicians at city hall way back when there was one, uh, the committeeman of the first ward, he walked around with a stogie that must've been about an inch and a half long that hung to the bottom of his lip as he walked in. And at city hall, there was even a time when people smoked all over the place. Oh, in I, city hall, in the I, city council. I
1: spoke to the city council chambers during the yes. first meetings.
0: Yeah, you could do that. So uh, anyway, all right, well, that was interesting. Um, I think people take that era for granted um, but young people should understand how it was ingrained in our culture and our society, the way we lived. Cigarettes were an integral part of our lives, actually.
1: And now, I have to credit the federal government with all the work they did to get people to stop
0: smoking. One so day they're, they're going to tell government,
1: us. government, and, uh, and there's many good things that government does. The campaign against smoking certainly was one of them. You were gonna say
0: something, Ray. I was gonna say one day they're gonna tell us that the uh, iPhone that we talk into is burning our brain, but we didn't, but everybody uses an iPhone <laughs> and uh, it may take many years before we realize that, you know, t- technology is harming us and we don't realize the impact. All right, well, Bill.
1: One thing it's doing, everything that we talk about on our phone goes right back to Peking.
0: there is spyware that they use so all right i'm ray hanania i'm bill Lipinski, and this has been two guys on politics we hope you enjoy it we're live on facebook um and uh people on facebook will be able to watch it we want to hear what you have to say we want to hear if you have any comments about uh the topics and i should just give a plug to the uh Rosemarie Lipinski If they go to that website, Rosemarie there is an essay contest, um, correct, where young people can uh, participate in and submit no, an no, essay. No,
1: no, no. Right, no Ray, that's the, uh, that's the scholarship for someone, a woman who has raised two children, has two children uh, in high school, and they want to go back to college themselves. This would be money to that person.
0: So the Rosemary uh, Lipinski Foundation has a uh, 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 essay contest where a mother with at least two children who is in high school. The yeah. other one is the all I think is the All-American Eagle uh, essay contest for ele- sixth, seventh and eighth grade elementary students. Right. On. I, I need to make sure that I took my previgen this morning. OK, because that's why I screwed it up. But uh, no if fun. you. If you're the mother of uh, two kids that are in high school, you should visit the Rosemarie Lipinski Foundation.com website and uh, write about uh, uh, the topic there about uh, the importance of uh, their lives as mothers, correct? And their children and being women.
1: Why they should be given the scholarship money uh, to go back to school and get a degree. And it's a big amount of money,
0: too, isn't it? It isn't small. No, can we, we mention that do you think or... no, we're not going to mention it right okay now. we won't <laughs> all right but it but there it is a sizable uh, award yes um, and i hope uh, any of the women who are listening there put their cigarettes down and go right to foundation.com and uh look up the entry requirements and submit an essay um to that uh, and we'll talk about them and at, at a future date it will,
1: it will eventually be interviewed also by the people who are on the uh, the committee to uh, award the
0: scholarship. Very good. All right, Bill, thank you. Again, I'm Ray Hanania. I'm Bill Lipinski. And we will talk to you again next week on Two Guys on Politics. Let's see. You can, uh, stop